Psalms 92, verse 10, when we found it, please stand for the reading of God's Word. Amen. It is my uh, goal not to keep it very long this afternoon. Amen. But I do want to give you what the Lord has placed in my spirit. Psalms 92 and 10, if you found it, shout, Amen. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall, somebody say shall, be anointed with fresh oil. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Amen. We're going to bless you, show fathers. I want you to give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. 
When you think of the word new, it means fresh. It means a new thing. It is a root word that means to be new or to reveal or to repair or to renew or to restore. I will restore unto you. Come on. Do you get what the Lord is saying? The word fresh means new or flourishing. It means prosperous. So I believe that there is a fresh oil, a new oil, a prosperous oil, a flourishing oil that God is pouring upon his people. And he indeed is rebuilding and repairing and renewing and restoring in our life. So when we think about the word oil, oil means to smear or to rub. It is an oily substance to apply oil to as a sacred rite, especially for consecration. To choose by if by divine election. But oil also means in the Hebrew an unction. It means to rub or to anoint, to consecrate. You see, when you think about oil, you think about anointing. And when you think about anointing, you think about the unction or God's seal mark of approval. And through the decades, I believe that some of us have defined the anointing by an outward emotional expression. Amen. And growing up in full gospel Pentecostalism, we feel the more we run, jump, hoop, holler, sweat, and snot, the more anointed we are. But the anointing does, is not defined by the emotional side of it. But the anointing, amen, is the seal mark of approval or the unction or authority that is placed on us. Amen. To do what God has called us to do. To set us apart for the work of the kingdom. But don't get me wrong. When the anointing is manifested, you can't help but shout. When the anointing is manifested, you can't help but run. When the anointing is manifested, you can't help but sweat. You can't help but get emotional. So there is nothing wrong on the emotional side of the anointing. It is just manifestations of the characteristics of the anointing. But I'm here to tell you that when the rubber meets the road, and I don't feel like shouting, I'm still anointed. When the rubber meets the road and I'm not jumping up and down, I'm still anointed. And when camp meeting is over and the tent goes down, we're still anointed. Can somebody help me in this place? But you see, we get this concept that God only has a select few in the kingdom that he wants to anoint. And we base that on the position that one holds in the kingdom. We feel like it's God's job. Only to anoint the pastor, the prophet, the apostle, the teacher, the evangelist, amen, the worship team to be anointed. But I come to tell you that the oil that God has, amen, he is pouring it out onto those, amen, who have set themselves apart, who are candidates of this anointing. God is not looking at our ability. He's not looking at, amen, our qualifications. He's not looking at our position. He's not looking at our title. He's just looking at whether we're willing or not. He's just waiting on somebody that says, no matter what place I am in the kingdom, I'm ready for a fresh oil. Oh, hallelujah. I'm wondering if there's anybody at Judah Tabernacle that says, I'm ready for a fresh oil. 
I'm ready for a fresh anointing. It's been a season of hardness. It's been a night season. We've heard it preached here. It's been intense warfare. But I'm telling you, as the sun went down on Friday night, God declared over this house of worship, all things have passed away. And behold, new things are happening for Judah. I believe this is the season where we are going to see the divine increase that God has promised us. I just need two or three that will agree with me today. Hallelujah. You see, there are many scriptures that we can preach on concerning the anointing, but I want to talk about the oil. This oil, amen, that God used to separate, amen, the instruments and used to separate the people that he would use. You see, the oil was used to anoint the vessels of the tabernacle. It was used to anoint the high priest. It was used to anoint prophets. It was used to anoint Saul and David and other kings of ancient Israel. It wasn't just a, a man of substance that was used, but there had to be preparation. There had to be a recipe that could be followed. You see, I believe that Judah Tabernacle has went through the preparation. I believe that most of us, if not all of us, in this sanctuary this morning, we have been through the pressing. We have been through the separating. We have allowed God to work in us. We have met Him in our secret place. And we are ready now for Him to manifest His glory upon our lives. Amen. Let's look at Exodus chapter 30, starting with verse 22. I want to give you the recipe. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels and of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, and after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil of olive, a hen. And thou shalt make it an oil, a holy anointment, an anointment compound after the art of the apothecary. It shall be a holy anointing oil. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Look at somebody say, you got to follow the recipe. You see, God told them that they must choose these principal spices. Let me remind you that this oil had to go through a process. It was not something that they could just mix together in a few moments and then it was ready to be used. But these spices had to be searched for. And when these spices were found, they had to be prepared so that they could be placed in the recipe. Amen. When you think about the spices, you look at myrrh. Myrrh speaks of bitterness, but it also speaks of death. It was myrrh that was used. Amen. For the... Amen. The, the preparation for a body, the for burial. How many knows that unless there is a breaking in our lives, unless 
we die out to the flesh. Amen. Then the oil cannot be poured upon us. But I'm looking for somebody that declared, God must decrease so that he can increase. I need the things I've allowed him to allow the things of my life that hold no value to die and to be removed so that I can be a candidate of this fresh oil that's being poured out in this season of new beginnings. Because when I take a look at what I have given up, Amen. Versus what I'm obtaining. Everything Paul said, I counted, amen, all of that that I've lost. I counted as dumb. I counted as waste. He said that I may apprehend that which apprehend me. He said, for I press toward the mark of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. When I realize that I'm ready for him to take me through the process, he's just set me up for promotion. Oh, hallelujah. When I realize that versus eternity, none of that really counts and none of that really matters. I just need an oil in my life. You see, there's no anointing without death. Come on, somebody. If we want to know God's power, we've got to die out to our own emotions, our own will, our own desire, our own agenda. We are our own worst enemy. Most of the time. Amen. Our flesh is always battling our spirit. You see, bitter things cause much tears. We've all been through some bitter moments. But God will take those moments and he will use it to create an oil in our life. Amen. We need, amen, the myrrh, but we also need the sweet cinnamon. The sweet cinnamon in Hebrew means upright. So you go from a place where God begins to cut your flesh and now you're upright. You see, this type of cinnamon was called sweet because it distinguished it from any other type of spices. Though it looked the same on the outside, it did not have the same smell or taste on the inside. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. What did Brother Shane teach on this morning? We may look like everyone, but on the inside, we are much different. Oh, help me. You see, it is in the inner part of this plant that carried the sweet smell and taste. If you got it right on the inside, somebody's going to tell on the outside. Uh-huh. It, was a, it, was, it gave off a very pleasant smell. You see, cinnamon speaks of sweetness. If you want God to anoint you, then there's got to be some sweetness about you. Come on. Uh-huh. We've got to be, amen, sweet. We gotta be pleasant. Good preaching, brother. Thank you. Amen. It's hard sometimes to be pleasant and sweet. Amen. Sometimes, amen, we just really are not in the mood to be pleasant and sweet. But we've got to realize that our characteristics speak louder than any word that we'll ever speak. Amen. Absolutely. Then we look at the fragrance cane. The fragrance cane. Means, amen, a straight line. Here's the thing about the calamus or the fragrant cane. Okay. It was the root that was valuable. Okay. 
First, you got to die to flesh. Then you've got to be a man sweet on the inside. But then you got to have a root system. Yeah. You got to have a root system. You see, the roots speak of the underground, unseen, secret, and private life. The roots provide nourishment to the plant or the tree. Practical lesson we can learn. What we practice in private will ultimately manifest itself in public. We said it before. If we have a relationship with Him in private, it's going to manifest in public. If we pray in our secret place, God is going to reward us in our public place. Great character and integrity are produced when our private life is in line with God's word. Mm -hmm. When we are erect, amen, when we are upright, do you hear what I'm saying? The fourth is cassia. Cassia, what's good about this spice is this spice grows only at elevation above 8,000 feet, which means you got Your flesh has got to die. You've got to be upright. You've got to be, amen, walk a straight line. Amen. You've got to have a private life in line so that God can bless your public life. But also, you got to walk up high. How many old God's taking you to tabernacle high? Well, yeah. If you desire God's oil, you got to look up once in a while. If you desire God's anointing, you got to look up once in a while. you got to get ready to get on the mountain with God. Because when they were on the mountain with God, it was a time of fellowship. It was a time of intimacy. You see, there is no shortcut. We've got to pray that God takes us to a higher elevation than we've ever been before. Amen? So you take all four of those and you mix it with olive oil. Do you know what olive oil symbolizes? It is a word in Hebrew that means illuminating, to be bright, or to be prominent. They took all of those spices and they mixed it with one gallon of olive oil. Come on. Let me tell you that the olive oil was the final and largest item. It needed to be a man necessary for the oil to come into existence. This mixture was called holy after the olive oil was placed in it. The olive oil represents the Holy Ghost. You can have everything in line, but it's the Holy Ghost that makes us complete. Because without the Holy Ghost, there's no anointing. And without the anointing, there's no Holy Ghost. But he is that one that illuminates. He's that one that directs. He's that one that will keep us in line. As you talked this morning, when you're behind the wheel, he's the one that will keep you in line. He'll keep your character in check. He'll keep your private life in check. He'll help you have a desire to go up higher. But notice, all of this had to come together to make Amen. This holy anointing oil. You cannot skip any step. You cannot use a substitute. We could not cut corners. 
But God said it had to be followed specifically according to the recipe. Do I got any bakers and cookers in here? Amen. You have to be, amen. You have to follow the recipe. Here's the thing. People want the end result, but they're not willing to go through the process. We can shout that we want a holy anointing, but are we willing to go through the process to receive that fresh oil? I believe that there are some in this place that says, yes, I did what was necessary. I've had to allow the Lord to take some things from me. He had to work on the inside. He had to help me with my root system. My roots run deep today. Yes, amen. And when the Holy Ghost gets involved, and let me remind you that we are conservative. I loved it. Amen. That Brother Dave McHale, I thought that boy was kind of annoying. Come on. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I've come out of my probation period here. Amen. This ain't spiritual, but I'm going to throw it in there. When this carpet was first laid, Pastor Jeff, just like this morning, amen, said, will you cover for me? What did I do? I thought, I'm going to pour oil on people. Come on. And see all of this thing over here? Yeah. That was Matt. That was me. Come on. Hallelujah. Because I didn't, amen, I just poured it. See, listen, I'm looking for somebody that says, I'm ready for a pouring. Oh, I'm sure the Holy Ghost said to me. He said, there's no evidence that the oil was placed. When God begins to pour on you, it's going to leave a lasting effect. When you really have an encounter with God's oil, you're not going to walk out the same way. And even when you go through, this carpet's probably 15 plus years old, but you can still see the effect of what the oil is Lord, well, I feel like telling somebody that's got a prodigal. I feel like telling somebody that's praying for a family member who once had an oil on their life. Don't be discouraged. They may not be here today, but the oil is still there. There's still an effect. Don't say the oil is still there. The oil is still there. Look at somebody say from head to toe. Exodus chapter 29 and verse 7. Thou shalt thou take the anointing oil and pour it upon his head and anoint him. When Aaron and his son, Sister Lori, were being anointed as priests, why did God first say take the oil and pour it on their head? Because if their head was right, they were going to be right. Where does the enemy attack us first? But I'm looking for somebody that says, I'm ready for a fresh oil to be poured on my head. Because my thoughts are going to be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I go in the midnight hour, amen, I'm going to think on everything that's pure, holy, a good report. Come on. Amen. If my head's right, then the rest of me's right. But if my head's messed up, then the rest of me is messed up. Well, but I'm looking for somebody that says I'm ready for pouring. Hallelujah. 
Let me tell you, I know it was a, amen. It, it was part of a commercial years ago, but a little dab don't do you any longer. I don't need just a little dab of his oil on my life, but I need him to pour it on me. And here's the thing it's not just a one time deal, but every time I get up, he's going to pour on me fresh. He said, David said, daily thou loaneth me with thy benefits. I'm telling somebody, he's going to pour a fresh oil on you before you leave this house of worship. But when you get up tomorrow morning, that oil's still going to be available for a fresh, hallelujah, for a fresh pouring. Hallelujah. Amen. So first you got to pour it on your head. Amen. Let's go to verse number 20. That shall kill the ram and take the blood. Somebody say it still takes the blood. It still takes the blood. And put on the tip right ear of Aaron and upon the tip right ear of his sons and upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of their right foot and sprinkle the blood upon the altar round about. Verse 21. And that shall take the blood that is upon the altar and of the anointing oil, yes. and sprinkle it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons and upon the garments of his sons with him, and he shall be hollowed, and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Come on. The Lord spoke to me and he said, Tell them I'm going to cover them from head to toe. First, we need it on our head, but then he said, I want you to take the blood. And I want you to anoint the right ear. Now the right means the side of power. Why the ear? Because he's going to protect what we hear. Uh -huh. He's going to protect our hearing. First he's going to protect our thoughts. But then he's going to protect our hearing. And then he said I want you to anoint the right thumb. Why? Because he's going to protect what we're holding on to. So the enemy can't easily take it from us. And then he said, I'm going to have him anoint the right big toe. Why? Because with your big toes mess up, then you're out of balance. But he's going to protect our walk. Amen. We're going to walk straight before him. And then he said, I want you to anoint the garments. The word garment in this, amen. Scripture means a covering. I heard the Lord say, he said, tell him, I've got him covered from head to toe. I've got the blood on their life. But not only, listen, do you understand? You're protected doubly. Not only is the blood upon you, but God's got you covered with an oil. I'm looking for somebody that says, I want it to be poured on me. That wherever I go, I leave an oily substance. I've said it here before, but I'm going to say it again. I want to be so full of oil that when the devil tries to put his hands on me, it's just got to slip right off. When fear tries to grip my mind, it's just got to slip right off. When anxiety comes knocking at my door, it's got to slip right off. When sickness wants to attack my physical body, it's got to slip right off. Oh, when discouragement wants to keep me down, it's got to slip right off. The devil can't catch me and put his hand on me because there's an oil that is on my life. Anybody want to be slippery? Yes. Anybody want to be breezy? Yes. Yeah. 
I want so much oil and grease on me that you can't hold me down. I want so much oil and grease on me that it leaves a residue. It has a pleasant smell. Somebody's going to notice it. Somebody's going to take notice. Listen, when they poured the oil on them, don't tell me that when they come out of that place and the oil was poured on them that nobody could tell. She's probably going to shake her head at me. That's okay. She loves me anyhow. Went along and last year about this time, a little later than a year, we went to a revival service. And I'm telling you, Brother David Kelly, and I'm telling you, I looked back and he had that oil in his hand and he started running after Trish. I said, don't do what I think you're going to do. <laughs> Somebody was at the house that day visiting from out of town and she purposely had to do her hair so she didn't have to do it that Sunday morning after. I mean, it was curled. Her hair always was beautiful, but it was beautiful. And it was full. Until after church. <laughs> and boy, he poured it on her. And she come out of there. And, and, and that oil just... And I'm saying that to say this. That that oil stayed with her. Even after that service, because when she got into the car, amen, and she leaned back, he came, amen. I'll never forget, he came back and said, Sister Leslie, I'll take care of your dry cleaning. She said, Forget my dry cleaning, you're going to get my car detailed. Because <laughs> there was oil residue all over the back of that seat where she was sitting. I'm looking for somebody that says, Once I have an encounter with God, amen, it's going to change me forever. And it's going to be a lasting thing. And it's going, amen, to leave a mark somewhere. I'm telling you, but can I tell you what happened? He poured that on her. She got up the next morning and walked into this sanctuary without crutches. She walked in this sanctuary without a cane. And God is continually healing her and touching her body. All because an oil was placed on her life. Amen. Look at somebody and say, he's got you covered. Hallelujah. Let's look at Matthew 26 and 7. Hang with me. I'm almost done. There came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of precious anointment and poured it on his head as he sat at me. Yeah, come on. There's that pouring again. This is Mary of Magdalene. According to Scripture, Mary of Magdalene possessed an alabaster box. Now, when you look at this, you have to understand, amen, when you look at biblical economics, the maximum rate for this alabaster box and the anointment that was in it was 1,313 pence, or a maximum of 300 pence of an annual wage of a worker. What does that mean? In our terminology, 300 days of labor would pay for one alabaster box full of nard. The ointment on the inside was nard. I said that to say this, that this wasn't just a cheap gift that she was offering the Messiah. But this was something that cost her 300 days worth of labor. It's funny how old you get. Amen. And your children get older. But you begin to try to teach them the value of a dollar. 
Amen. And, and, you know, Trish and I now are telling our children, amen, what the value of a dollar is and the things that they have to honor them. And I, my children are good about it, but to honor the things that they have and take care of them. And one thing that Trisha, amen, has instilled in our children, she said, you know, it took your dad and I three days to work just for that one item. Amen. I want you to get that in your mind because it took her 300 days, amen, just to work to get this one item that she held. Now, if it had been anybody else, she would have probably held it close because it was valuable. But what she had that was valuable, she was willing to present it to the king. And here's the thing. She didn't do it to be a spectacle. She didn't do it, amen, to, to, to have people look at her. She, all, she really did it in private. She really did it as sneaking in. She did not make a display and say, excuse me, back up. I need to pour an oil upon the Messiah. I'm wondering if the disciples really understood what was going on. But this alabaster box of precious stone that contained a precious, amen, anointment in it. Amen. When did they recognize that it had been broken. It's when the aroma began to fill the room. And when the aroma began to fill the room, they stopped. And those church religious folks said, what in the world is she doing? Does she not realize how much that cost? She could have taken that and she could have sold it and we could have used it to feed the poor. Jesus said in one statement, the poor will be with you always. Sometimes you got to be willing to give up what's most important to you so that you can have an oil to be poured out. I'm looking for somebody that says you don't understand the cost of this oil that's being poured upon my life. You don't understand what I had to go through. You don't understand the pressing that I had to go through. You don't understand the nights of prayer, the nights of fasting, the moments when I praised him and I didn't feel like it. The moments that I came to church when my spirit was willing but my flesh was weak and I felt like staying home because I was discouraged and my family was being fought and my finances were being fought and my body was being fought but I still pressed because he was producing an oil to be poured upon my life. I'm looking for somebody that understands the value of the oil that God's pouring on you right now. Others may not understand why you do what you do. Why do you worship? I'm sure there were people that drove past High Street last week wondering what in the world would a hundred plus people do underneath what looks like a circus tent and cause so much commotion and noise. I wonder what they're doing. But what they didn't understand was we were paying a price for an oil. Yeah. Hallelujah. You may not understand it, but you've got to know when the price was paid, then it became available. So I say that in all humility. Who gives a hoot and a handy? What other people think. Only you and God know what price you paid for the oil that's being poured on your life right now. So I say praise him anyhow. I say bless him anyhow. Let the favor of God, 
amen, fall on you anyhow. Let blessings come your way. Let goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Because there is a fresh oil for a new season for the people of Judah Tabernacle. In this hour. Amen. Ecclesiastes 10 and 1. Hang with me, I'm almost done. Anybody being blessed today? Dead flies cause the anointment of the apothecary to send forth a sinking savor. So does a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Dead flies cause the anointment of the apothecary to send forth a sinking savor. Let me just tell you that we've got to make sure that if we're going to pay the price for this oil, that the devil don't have a right to it. Come on. Amen. Come on. I'm not going to preach on flies. Amen. But if we allow the flies to get in there, it's going to send forth a smell that's bad or offensive. So therefore, we must make sure that we are keepers of the oil. Amen. Discouragement, you gotta go. Yep. Fear, you gotta go. Yes. Worry, you gotta go. Yes. Uh huh. So I said all that to get to where I'm going now. My last point. Friday night we entered into what is known as 5784. It is the Jewish year. 5784. There's a fresh oil, but it's for a new season. And most of the things that I have read and studied concerning the Jewish year 5784, we know that Brother Knowles, amen, began to speak of the open mouth when it comes to 5784. But most of what I have read and studied up to this point and even this morning confirm that even though it is a year of the open mouth, more importantly, it's the year of the open door. Right. Yes. You say, well, prove it to me. Well, I'm glad you asked. Come on. Because <laughs> I'm going to give you my reasoning. Let me explain. How many knows that biblical numerics have value and meaning to Come them? on. Come on. When you look at the number five, it is the Hebrew word hey. H-E-Y, hey. Five often represents grace, divine goodness, and re refinement. Come on. How many is ready for grace? And divine goodness yeah. in this new season. Yeah. Seven is Zion. It symbolizes completion and a spiritual rest. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. I think I'm going to shout on that one. How many is ready for a completion? Yeah. Here, amen. That's all right. You can shout on that. The number eight is the Hebrew word chet, which embodies a new beginning. Transformation and the spiritual revival. So we are entering into the year of divine grace, goodness, refinement, a year of completion, a year of spiritual rest, a year of new beginnings, a year of transformation, and a year of spiritual revival. But it is the four or the delet at the end of it that makes the difference of this year versus last year. Okay. This word for, or is the Hebrew word delet, which means to stand 
for doorways or foundations. Come on. It represents the four corners of the earth. So it means to stand in front of doorways or to have foundations. It represents the four corners of the earth. So indeed this year has divine goodness. It has refinement. It has completion. It has spiritual rest. It has transformation and new beginnings and a spiritual revival. But I believe most importantly that this new season has the ability for open doors for God's people. I'm talking about doors that no man can open and doors that no man can shut. I believe that this year, I'm not prophesying, I'm just stating what I believe. I believe that this year can have the open door for the finances to be poured upon this ministry for us to break ground on our new sanctuary. I believe this year, amen, has the ability to open up new doors for care connection, new doors for pulse. I believe this year has the ability to open up the new door that those 50 additional amen youth are going to walk in the doors of Judah Tabernacle as was promised here in Camp I believe that it has the possibility to open up new doors in the Shine Women's Ministry, to open up new doors in the Nursing Home Ministry, amen, to open up new ministry and new doors. But I believe it has the potential to open up new doors for your family, new doors for your finances, new doors for your health, new doors for your job. If you are a covenant believer in God, I believe this is the year that uncommon favor is going to be placed on our life in a world that is looking for man to give them reassurance that everything's going to be okay and in the midst of chaos and in the midst of destruction and in the midst of calamity God is going to put his hand on his covenant people how are they going to be different from everybody else these covenant people is going to have an oil on them these covenant people is going to have something poured upon them that they're going to go in doors amen and be favored to go into rooms that they're not qualified to go into and they're going to see increases that they didn't ask for. I'll take the Holy Ghost. It's available. It's available. Do you understand right now where we are on God's time frame? I received a call Friday afternoon from a dear pastor who and that showed up Friday night. Amen. During camp meeting. Thank God he was blessed. I mean, I believe he would have been. But he called me with an excitement. He said, Did you hear what's going on? I said, No. So he told me, and then I asked Siri. <laughs> For you Android users, that's Google. Because yeah. <laughs> I wanted a confirmation. But do you know that tomorrow, and you can, you can research it. I, I Research it. Do you know that Saudi Arabia is talking about peace talks with Israel and Palestine tomorrow? Do you understand what season we're in? Yes. We're in the Feast of Trumpets. Come on. We're getting ready to go into the ten days of all unto Yom Kippur. What is that? That's called Bible prophecy. That's happening right before our eyes. And he said, Brother Matt, you know how long 
They want this peace treaty to be. I said, what? He said, seven years. Come on. Come on. We are on the brink of the coming of the Messiah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Sister Perry, this morning in conversation, I am no Bible prophecy scholar. To be honest with you, when it comes to the book of Revelations, I need to dig down a whole lot deeper than I had in my 41 years of living. I don't claim to know it. I don't claim to have my hand on it. But I know this much. Signs are pointing to the return of Jesus. But I'm here to tell you before he comes back, there is a favor that's going to be on his people that signs and wonders will follow them. We are going to be blessed. And while the world economic system is failing, God's endless supply is going to be upon his people. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season you're going to reap. If you think not, come to the music this morning. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you the tabernacle. We're walking in a new season of open doors and favor and spiritual revival and refinement and goodness and grace. But while we're walking into these doors, know that there's a fresh oil for us. Hallelujah. There's a fresh oil for us. Anybody ready for fresh oil? Yes. Amen. Amen. Anybody really ready for fresh oil today? Amen. See, here's the thing about oil. If you don't use it, it goes bad. Come on. Well. If you don't use it, it gets stagnant. If you don't use it, you lose it. Uh-huh. It gets stagnant. Look at somebody and say, you look like you need an oil change. <laughs> Is that okay to say? <laughs> you look like you need an oil change. Listen, if your dashboard tells you you need an oil change and you don't do it, your car blows up, it's your fault. If the Holy Ghost is, amen, winking on your dash telling you this morning you need an oil change and you're not willing to come up to, amen, amen, the pump and wet, the Holy Ghost that can't change you, then that's on you. But as for me, I want to pull up so he can change my oil. Listen, I, God gave me sufficient oil. I hear the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost just dropped in my spirit. He said, I gave you sufficient oil so that you can make it through the last season. But it is a new season. It is a new day. Fresh anointing is coming our way. Amen. It's a season of power and a season of prosperity. It's a new season for you and me. I'm thankful for the oil that kept me. Amen. In 5783. But I'm ready for fresh oil in 5784. I just feel like shouting for a minute. I feel like God's getting somebody an oil change. I can use a tune-up. <laughs> Lord, I just heard, you're going to think I'm crazy? Because I am. But I just heard the Holy Ghost say, He said, I'm about to give my people a tune-up before they get traded in. What do you mean traded in? When we take this corruptible body and it gets exchanged for incorruptible. Before he does, he's about to give us a tune-up, somebody. Lord, have mercy. I'm not 
complicated by no means, shape, or form. But I know that when the Lord is there, you got to be to the warning. So your car can work properly. Look at somebody say, I'm ready for tuna. I'm ready for fresh oil. I need an oil change. You should be able to sing it like me. Stand to your feet in this place. I want you to raise your hands toward heaven. First and foremost, if you're in this house of worship today and you're not saved, God wants to save you so you can be a candidate to receive this oil. It's God's desire for you to prosper. It's God's desire for you to be blessed. It's God's desire for you to be in good health. He wants your health to prosper like your soul prospers. That's His word. Uh huh. So this morning, I'm telling you this He's available. It's not by coincidence that you came into this place. It's not because somebody invited you or it's just the thing to do. But the Holy Ghost brought you here for a reason. I believe everybody under the sound of my voice has been brought here so that a fresh oil can be poured upon their life. So this altar is open for you. But second, if you say to me, Brother Matt, I'm ready for a fresh oil. I'm ready for a fresh oil that needs to be poured out upon me. This is a new season for me. And I'm ready for a fresh oil. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come to the altar and just raise your hands. Amen. We'll make room. We'll make